Great God. Love the Lord. Love the Lord. Yeah, they, God's been moving already. They had someone, one of the, one of our choir was, uh, experienced a healing in there th- this morning while they were in choir practice. And uh, God's just doing some great things. Well, where the Spirit of the Lord is, I'm telling you, there's liberty, and He'll He'll He'll, he'll liberate you. Where the Holy Ghost is at, He'll liberate you from things that are holding you. Boy, feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. Well, I think God's going to do some wonderful stuff today. I expect Him. I expect God to be God. I expect the Lord to be the Lord. That's the good thing about Him. He's faithful. He's true. He doesn't change. So you can just come to Him and expect Him to be God. He'll do what He says. In our lesson today, we'll continue with this uh, series on faithful to the truth. And uh, our scripture, I mentioned last week, we would be looking into the letter, that the two letters that Paul wrote to Timothy. So these lessons involve a lot of Paul's personal life, uh, his testimony, and as well as the instruction he gave to Timothy. So 2 Timothy 1 and 8 this morning, while you're turning there, say thank you to all of our visitors for being with us this morning. Thank you. We appreciate you being with us today. Praise God. 2 Timothy 1 and 8, Paul's instruction. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And so today's lesson title is simply this, Not Ashamed. Not ashamed. Let's let's pray together as we get ready to go into the Word. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for your instruction, for your Word. We know that it helps us, it changes us, makes us better. Lord, let it find good ground in our heart today, God. Give me wisdom and understanding. Let these words, Lord, feed somebody. Feed me today, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Give the Lord another hand clap and shout of praise before you're seated. Yeah, lift up a sound to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for his word. You can be seated. And sometimes people are like, why do you ask people to clap their hands for the word? Well, you know, sometimes we, we, that's it. (laughs) Come on up here, baby. I'm just going to start it. You can finish it. That's good, though. That's right. But it is. It is. That, that is one, one of the reasons that he is the word made flesh. And, um, but when I think about, you know, I think because we can find this book on any shelf, we can find it on our phone, and I think to some people they, they just forget that it's the word of God forever settled in heaven and that we live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God and and so when we hold this book, it's more than just a book to us. Uh, it's more than just the paper and the ink that printed it. it. It's, you know, the Bible says that men of old, they, they would write these things and speak these things as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. And then uh, we know that his word won't return void. It accomplishes things. It's, it's a living word. Sanctify them by thy truth, Jesus said. He said, thy word is truth. And so 
uh, this word is my sanctification. It's, uh, it's what sets us apart. It's, it's his word. Man, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not even getting to my lesson, am I? But I'm just stuck on this for a moment. But, but it's his word. And the Lord gave his people his word when they came out of Egypt. And he said, and if you can do these things and follow this word, then all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. And, and so that's when, when we start quoting things like we're the above only and not beneath, we're the head, not the tail. And uh, you, know, you realize that you can only say that because God said it. You know, I'm more than a conqueror. Well, you can only say that because God said it. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Again, you can only claim that and be that because of what it says has already been established in his word. And so when we stand for the reading or we clap our hands and say, thank God for the word, it's, it's not just for the book that I hold, but it's for what's here. It's, it's so powerful. David said, I can hide his word in my heart and it will stop me from sinning against him. So uh, the word has power to keep us to... Uh, it's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. It guides us. It, it brings understanding. And, and it's going to take us out of here one day. You, you're born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, the Word of God. And so on and on. Don't ever discount it. Any believer that comes in, one of the best lines of advice I got as I came into the church was a, a young minister at that time at Brother Everhart's. He said, um, Put your head in that book and don't ever take it out. And so I just started reading and studying the best I could do, being, being new in the church. But I made sure that I was getting some preaching in. People were preaching to me. I was listening. I was studying. I was asking questions. I, was, I wanted to know if, that, if the word was that important, then I wanted to know what it had to say. And it's made us who we are today. So back uh, to our lesson uh, with that brief interlude on the word. Um, we'll uh, talk about being faithful to the truth. Uh, faithfulness is uh, key in our walk with God. We must be faithful. We want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so uh, I, I need to be faithful to him. I need to be faithful to what he has given me. And uh, last week we talked about serving in faith, that we need to live a life that... Uh, glorifies God that lines up with the word uh, we need to serve in faith we need to know that we're not just serving for our own benefit but we are serving the world as Jesus served us we are uh, an example a light in this world and the church needs to embrace the role it has been given uh, I feel like sometimes in our modern culture that uh, the church has lost hold on that somewhat, that we don't embrace this calling. I'm not talking about a calling into just a pulpit ministry or, or evangelism and things like that. I'm talking about uh, this call to be salt of the earth, to be the light of the world, to, to be those things that a uh, city set on a hill, to actually be the body, to uh, to be the hands and the feet of the Lord, to, to be the mouthpiece for the gospel. And uh, you know, when, when you read Acts, you, it looks like people just scattered everywhere telling what Jesus... And they didn't have any of the things we preach from, but they had Jesus. 
And they had uh, the, the scriptures that Moses had written, and Jesus, of course, said, those scriptures testify of me. He said, if you believe Moses, you believe me, because those scriptures testify of me. And so they would preach Jesus. People were being uh, baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost uh, from the words written way before Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Corinthians, way before any of that was written. Uh, and they were preaching Isaiah and Ezekiel and Joel and the psalmist David. They were preaching uh, this Old Testament because uh, Jesus is all the way through the book. Because he, he is uh, the image of the invisible God. He was God manifest in the flesh. And, and so it, it thrills me when I read in the book of Acts, people, you know, they didn't, oh, let me tell you what Jesus said in John 3. Well, he didn't have John 3. So Philip just told the eunuch on the chariot, he said, let me tell you what uh, Isaiah said about Jesus. And so after preaching Jesus from Isaiah, they find water, and he said, well, let's get baptized. How about that? He, you know, he just preaching the gospel from the Old Testament. They were faithful to the truth and faithful to the word and faithful to what God had called them to be. And that's what I want us to be, uh, serving the Lord in faith. And then uh, Paul also instructed Timothy here. He said, I don't want you to be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord uh, or either me, his, who is his prisoner. Paul was uh, a prisoner at that time but uh, and, and a prisoner of the Lord. He was captured by uh, the Lord. But he said, be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And uh, when I was reading that this morning, it gives us that one scripture. I said, but, you know, when you back up a couple of scriptures, you understand a little bit. It gives you a little more context of why Paul is saying this. And, and don't worry about these scriptures, sis. I didn't give them to you. I'm just going to read it here. But, but Paul had told Timothy, he said, I want to remind you, put you in remembrance, that you will stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so whenever you see therefore, there's a scripture prior to that that's giving you context of what he's saying. He says, so for this reason, therefore, don't be ashamed because this is God-given. Who you are today is God-given. You're, hey, you're going to have mentors and you're going to have teachers and you're going to have uh, examples and Paul had already told Timothy he said be an example of the believers in, in your behavior in your uh, word everything that you do he said be an example be the light of the world we know that but you've got to understand that by the grace of God you are who you are and so Paul was telling Timothy he said you need to understand I'm, I'm trying to remind you Timothy that, that you will stir up the gift that is inside of you it was given to you it's, it's the gift of God it's in you by the putting on of my hands. So, uh, so somewhere, sometime, Paul laid his hands on Timothy. Uh, now, uh, Timothy was in Ephesus a lot. Maybe Timothy was in that group of people where Paul laid his hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. But Paul said, he had put, on, put my hands on you, ordained you into this. He said, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power. Yeah. And that word power is the same wonderful word we read in Acts 1 and 8, the dunamis or the ability, the miraculous ability. He said, so God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of miraculous ability. God has given you the, the spirit 
uh, that, that comes with miracle-working power. It's through him. It's not by might, not by power, men's power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So he said, and of love and of a sound mind, because that power that you have to work miracles is no good without love, because faith worketh by love. He says, so since this comes from God, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Don't be afraid. This, if we're going to be faithful to the truth, you cannot be ashamed of what God has done in your life. Don't, yeah. Uh, basically, he's telling us, listen, uh, don't uh, water down what God did for you. Don't, uh, remember, when you're telling someone you serve the Lord, you're not just talking about, uh, hey, uh, you're not talking about who you voted for. He's the Lord of glory. When you say, I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he's the creator of all things. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. And, and so when you start talking about, I've been born again, not of corruptible seed. I, I, I hadn't just followed some kind of cult. I hadn't followed some kind of other doctrine. I'm talking about it's the word of God, the living word. I've been born again of the water. I've been born again of the spirit. I have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Paul said, I laid my hands on you, Timothy, and when you received this. And so don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed of what God has done in your life. You see, when they turned the world upside down in the book of Acts, they, they didn't uh, sneak in and say, uh, I'm going to pray. Why are you praying for me like this? See, sometimes we try to sneak up and, and give the Holy Ghost to people without having to tell them. They, they think, well, if I start talking to them about God filling them with their spirit and they might start speaking in other tongues, it might run them off. But that's what they were preaching, that God was filling people. When the people wondered what happened on the day of Pentecost, Peter said, this is that. Now, everybody was big on the prophets back then. So he said, this is that. It was spoken by the prophet Joel. I read Joel. Hmm. See, I was a little uh, concerned about you 120 guys acting like y'all were drunk speaking in all these languages. But I did read that in Joel. They, they, they began to hear things that were familiar to them. And so when you start talking about Jesus, you start talking about what God did for you. Don't be afraid to say, and God filled me with his spirit and I spoke with other tongues. But don't, don't be trying to slip up on somebody and grab, Lord, fill them with the Holy Ghost. And, and they're like, what are you doing, man? They need to know what you're, what you're talking about. They, because... Because God's not going to force the Holy Ghost in on them. He's not going to say, hold them still, hold their mouth open. Nobody's got a funnel around here saying, now, Lord, it's not like that. It don't work like that. It didn't work like that for us. But you come, when we talk about receiving the Holy Ghost, you can't, uh, you know, that's an act that you... It's given from God, but you know, it's just like somebody wants to come, hey, I'm going to give you this, and you're like, nope, I don't, I don't want it. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to receive that. No, they can't make you take it. You know, They can't. They can, uh, no, I'm not going to take it. Here, I'm going to give you this. It's a gift. I don't want it. So you're, you're refusing to receive. And so until you uh, are like, hey, yeah, I want everything God's got for me, you know, uh, then you're not going to receive it because God will not force you uh, to be filled with his spirit. He will not force you to speak in other tongues. He, he will not do that. But when we believe in him, as Jesus, Jesus said, 
when the need arises, when you realize the need. If any man thirst, let him come unto me. That's what he said. He stood up and he said, isn't that great day of the feast? If any man thirst, let him come unto me. And he began to talk about the Holy Ghost. They didn't realize what he was talking about yet, but he said, I, but there'll be rivers of living water flowing. And so, uh, but it's like, until you recognize that thirst for something different, it just goes hand in hand with the woman at the well. You can drink of this water, you can come to this well every day, you'll always thirst. But if you take the living water that I offer, you'll never thirst again. And he was trying to let it know, I will quench your thirst for the things of the world. And so whenever we finally realize that I have tried everything, but I am still not satisfied, Jesus is like, now come to me. And when you thirst for that, when you thirst for righteousness, the Bible says hunger and thirst and you shall be filled. When you realize there's a need in me that this world is not satisfying, that things of this flesh, that, that appease my flesh, it's not working. It is, you know, I, I, I do this, but it's just like taking Tylenol. It works for a while, and then it wears off. It's just not doing the job. That's when you need to find a place to pray. That's when you need to find a place to say, I believe, Lord, and give me everything you've got for me, and God will fill you with his spirit. That's the way it worked for us, and I don't need to be ashamed of that. I don't need to, to mumble that part. Oh, yeah, I go to church, and I was filled with the Holy Ghost. You go to church and you what? Spoke with no tongues. You can't even talk English right now. You might be speaking in tongues now. I can't tell you. You mumble. God didn't give you the spirit to mumble. He didn't lift up your voice like a trumpet. Hey, they didn't have no problem hearing them. On the day of Pentecost, hey, we hear every man speaking in our language. I can hear, I hear them. They can hear something coming out of them. Nobody was ashamed of that. And it's not for show. It's not so, it's like, you know, it's not like, hey, come on in here so you can watch people. We want to invite you to church. I want you to see people speaking in tongues. That's not why you invite them to church. You invite them to church because you want them to have a relationship with him. You want them to, you want them to have a testimony as well. You want them to fall in love with him, to realize a need for him, and then let God do the rest of it. Preach the gospel. Preach uh, Jesus Christ and him crucified and resurrected from the dead. Preach the gospel. Let them believe. Let them find a place to repent. Be baptized in his name, and then you know, let God fill them with the Holy Ghost. That's the testimony. And Paul, he's telling Timothy, he said, look, this is not, you know, you didn't pick this up in school. This is not, you're not who you are because of a license you hold. You're not because, you know, of nothing. Your education, your monetary worth, your social standing, none of that brought you this. Only the faith, the faith that was in your grandmother, that was in your mother, and that was in you, and this thing that was given to you by God. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. How can we say we're faithful to the truth when we can't tell the truth about what happened in our life? And, and uh, you know, Brother Green preached a few weeks ago and he was talking about the, the guy that was blind from birth and how he began to start leaving out details of his testimony. He didn't want to tell, tell him about somebody making mud from spit and rubbing it on his face. And he was uh, leaving, starting to leave aspects of the testimony, what changed him out. Uh, you know, 
I, I understand there's some things you have to be sensitive about that you, you can't just blurt out over a microphone across a pulpit when you're, you know, when, if you're preaching or testifying. That's why, well, you know, that's why we're not having testimony service because some people's brain closes for business when they get a microphone, but their mouth stays open. And they will say things, and you're like, oh. It's, it's not that you're ashamed. You, you, some things you can relay without painting a vivid picture in people's minds. And, uh, but you should never be ashamed of, of what God has done in your life. He, he has saved us, and, and we don't need to act like, oh, man, yeah, God saved me, but I was pretty good anyway. Nah, just go on, just go ahead and admit it, man. You was lost and you was on your way to hell till Jesus stepped in. I mean, that's just it. We were all lost, born under sin. You know, we're, we're headed in the wrong direction. Uh, so we've got to have, uh, we've got to have the Lord. And Paul, uh, you know, Paul, better than anybody, I guess, knows what it is like to be sincerely wrong. Because Paul was now called to preach what he had once persecuted. And he did not just say, you know what? I don't like this Jesus guy, so I'm just going to. No, it was because he believed, like many other Jews, that uh, he was somebody, that he was not who he said he was. He didn't believe, he thought he was blaspheming the God that he served so fervently. He, he said, I was more zealous than most of my people in the traditions of the fathers. I was, and he was smart. Paul was educated. He said, I'm not very eloquent, but he was smart. Just not being eloquent ain't got a thing to do with what goes on in here. It's just how it relays sometimes. But he had revelations and things in his life. He, you know, but he took on this burden to, I'm going to stamp out this, this Jesus name because they're, they're blaspheming our God. Till God got a hold to him and let him know. Uh, he's, the Lord sent Ananias to tell him in Acts 9, 15 and 16, he said, Paul is a chosen vessel. Uh-oh. Scripture disappeared. Where is it? Anyway, well, when you read it, there we go. <laughs> the, the, the mouse problems today. Uh, it said, the Lord says, Tell Paul, he is a chosen vessel unto me. So see, God is instituting this. So from this point on, Paul is going to be testifying about what happened. I was riding down the road with some men. And suddenly in the middle of the day, a light shone around me brighter than anything I had ever seen. Knocked me on the ground. Called me out. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus and, you know, all of a sudden I've got this revelation. He's got to tell people, you know, none of us ever said, well, yeah, I was riding down the street, man, riding my bicycle, walking down the road, and God knocked me flat on the pavement. A bright light shone, and, you know, none of us are telling that. Now, like Paul, maybe we didn't persecute this, but we ignored it. Yeah, come on, we all got called out of darkness into marvelous light. And so so now we have... It is our uh, uh, you know, job to preach what we once neglected. Right. It's our job to be a light of what we once ignored. Right. Yeah. And we've been called out of darkness into Mars light. It's time for us to actually 
Think about this. Paul's got to preach what he persecuted. How many times his Jewish counterparts were like, I remember talking with you at length, and you convinced me how to hate these people. And you were a partaker. You were with us, Paul. And how many times have you run up on your old friends? I remember hanging out with you on Friday night, and you were with us. But now there's nothing wrong with being able. You're not a hypocrite for now preaching against what you once entertained. A lot of people are afraid. Well, I, I don't, you know, if I go to people I used to run with and say, I don't do that no more, they're going to say I'm judging them. Well, they're going to say that probably anyway because most of the time that's what this world defaults to. Oh, you're judging me. You're judging me. But, um, you know, you're not being a hypocrite and you're not being judgmental just because you now take a stand against the sin you once lived in. Paul had to, he couldn't say, well, I, Man, I don't want them Jews to be mad at him, so I'm going to still talk bad about Jesus on, you know, until I get around some of the, the Peter and them. Now I'll be cool, but then when I'm around the rest of the Jews, I'll be like, oh, Jesus, I'm with you. No, you can't be like that. You can't be like that. I can't deny. Paul is standing before Agrippa in the book of Acts. We, we find him in a place where he's been transported. He's already testified to Festus about what happened. Festus said, Paul, you're crazy. Much learning has made you mad. You know why he said that? Because Paul told him what happened. He didn't just shortcut it and say, well, I just started believing in Jesus. He told them of the supernatural event that happened that changed his life. And he said, and I haven't preached anything that's not already in the prophets. He said, all of our people believe in, you know, he said, at least... Pharisees do believe in the resurrection of the dead. The Sadducees didn't believe it, but the Pharisees did. He said, so I'm just preaching about that I have met the one that the the prophets wrote about. And so he stays in prison two years before Herod Agrippa II shows up. Two years in prison because he was not ashamed to tell what had changed his life. Paul said, but it's by the grace of God I am that I am. I feel like that sometimes too. I just, all of a sudden, I just start making strange noises. Oh, when you're old, that happens. So, Paul, now I want you to think about when Paul's telling Timothy, don't be ashamed. He understands what it's like to be nervous as you share testimony because Agrippa, uh, you know, the second that he's, Paul is standing in front of, Herod Agrippa, if you don't understand it, it was his, uh, the first Herod that was killing babies in the time of Jesus. It was the next Herod that killed James. Uh, and so Paul realizes uh, he's got, uh, you know, Murdering Christian people is in his lineage. <laughs> but he also knew that Agrippa believed in the Jewish customs because when he testified to him, he said, uh, you know, he said, do you believe? He said, I know that you believe. And then Agrippa said, Paul, you almost persuaded me. 
if you testify to somebody or you talk to somebody about the Lord and, it, and they don't just grab onto it and say, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Well, it happened to Paul. You almost got me. You know, he was a little bit convicted and probably even convinced, but he just didn't want to let go of that rulership that he had. I believe in the thing that Paul almost persuaded, he almost got me. I believe he was probably convicted and, like I say, even convinced, but he just could not let go of the things that he was. Uh, he was that ruler. And, and so uh, don't let a failure, what we, what we perceive as a failure, sometimes uh, cause you to be ashamed or to not. When you say ashamed, it's not like I'm ashamed of the Lord. It's like don't, don't esteem lightly or disregard what God has done to you just because everybody don't get it. I, you know, I, I felt like I was very influential with my group of friends. Matter of fact, I know I was uh, in my group of friends before I came into the church. You know, uh, man, a lot of times they would just go and do whatever. Hey, let's do this. Let's go there. Yeah, whatever. You know, I, they was, it was kind of like you know, the, the leader of the pack kind of deal. Until I came to church. And, but I thought, well, I'm going to have all of them in here with me. Not a single one of them are here. But every one of them have heard about what's going on. Yeah. I, I told one guy, I said, man, you think we used to have some fun? I said, you ain't tried nothing like the Holy Ghost. He said, it's good to see you, man. I was talk to you. And it was just that short. It was like, man, it was good seeing you again. And going his way. And, uh, you know, everybody's not going to want to hear about it, but there's somebody waiting to, what changed your life? What happened to you? You know, what do you mean? You know, what, holy God, what's that? You know, they, they want to know. Don't be ashamed to tell somebody how God changed you. It's got to be more than, you know, I don't, well, listen, there's more to it than just, it's in my mind, oh, I accept this. Oh, there's more to it than that. I had a need, a desire, and God had a purpose. Like we saw about Paul, Paul had desire. He had zeal for God. He was just misdirected. He was just headed in the wrong direction. He didn't realize that he was sincerely wrong, but loved God, just didn't know God like he should. A lot of people love God, just hadn't met him fully yet. And so that's why, hey, instead of squashing Paul like a bug or, you know, he could have just caused him to fall down and die. Instead, he said, no, he's a chosen vessel. I know the zeal he has for me. He just needs to know me. There's a lot of people that's not exactly like us that love God very much, love him very much earnest in their faith, sincere in their faith toward God, just need to know him better. I always think about when they find Apollos and how they said, man, he was such a wonderful preacher. Boy, they sat and watched him preach. Man, he was fantastic. That was great, great work. But they said they came to him and, and expounded to him a more perfect way. And then now Paul starts writing about Apollos, you know, uh, how Apostle was mighty in his words and deeds and scripture, the thing, and God using him with the Holy Ghost and stuff. 
Nothing wrong with what Apollos was preaching, just had to get the fullness of that truth. He needed to know who God was, that Jesus of Nazareth was God manifest in the flesh. He needed to know the fullness of God. And uh, so then Apollos had a testimony. Man, yeah, I used to preach that, that, but now I preach this. Oh, so you was just messed up. and everything. No, I wasn't just messed up. I just needed somebody to bring me a little farther along. I don't know why people, boy, plant their flag and stand so firm that they can't, they think they know everything there is to know about Jesus and they ain't going to move. Man, just come on and learn what the scripture says and, and, and quit living by tradition and things like that. And, and see, Paul was just zealous of the traditions of his father, but he needed an encounter. And then once you get that, don't be ashamed of what God has done in your life. That's how you stay faithful to the truth that you are, hey, I'm still growing, I'm still learning, but I am apostolic through and through. I have been born of water. I've been born of spirit. I spoke with other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance. I believe in the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. I believe in the power that's in the name of Jesus. I believe in worshiping God and clapping my hands. And you know what? Sometimes people fall out in the floor. Sometimes people run. Sometimes they roll. You know, uh, we... Hey, my pastor climbs on the pulpit sometimes. There's, there's all kind of things that happen in there. Why? Why? And a lot of people think it's all for show. And if we're not careful, we can get into that. If we're not careful, we don't want to be showy. But I never want to be ashamed of why Why you have to jump like that. Well, I don't have to jump. I do it because I'm worshiping the Lord. Uh, you know, as I get older, with all my might, becomes less and less. <laughs> but as long as I can, with all my might, I'm going to worship him. Yeah. I, I've, I've made these little references to David lately. I said, a lot of people want to be David as long as they're killing giants. I said, but David was a worshiper. Yeah, right. And so when you sit with your mouth shut, uh, if you sit, you know, uh, and I, I get it, sometimes the physical limitations, the handicaps we have keep us from just, yeah, we, maybe we can't jump up and down or run like that, but uh, you can still do it with all your might. Yeah. And if that's just your voice, if that's just your hands, if that's just, you know, something. But you wonder why you keep missing it, Giants? I, I, David makes that look so easy in the Scripture. He just wound up. Oh, David was, was praying and you, know, and you know what happens right before David kills that giant? He testifies. Yeah, I was out in the field watching the sheep and the lion, the bear, came up, took him by the beard and slew him, killed him. And God that did that, wait a minute, you're going to tell me a little scrawny boy like you grabbed a lion and killed him with you? Yeah, and, and a bear, tag team match. You and the, you against the two, you know, you against two wild animals, ravenous, starving, hungry animals, and and you. Yep, that's what happened. And I do the same thing to him. Don't be ashamed of the testimony, but it sounds so ridiculous. Well. It, it, when you start thinking about it in this fashion, think about this. Paul is testifying to Festus and Agrippa, and he's telling them about Jesus. 
he's telling them about a man that, that he never met in the flesh personally, but that knocked him down. But here's what Jesus did. He lived, he preached, uh, he did miracles, signs and wonders. They took him to a cross, stripped him, beat him, whipped him, killed him. He rose from the dead, by the way, three days later, and uh, he is not just preaching and reaching for his own people, but now he is reaching for the Gentiles as well. Paul, much learning has made you mad. That's what Festus said. This is, you're crazy, Paul. You've went off the rails. Well, anybody ever accused you of that? Yeah, I, I don't get into all that stuff y'all do. I don't see no need for all that stuff that y'all do. Well, what do you want me to tell you? It's what happened. I don't believe in people speaking in tongues. Sorry, <laughs> because it happens. Every day somewhere. Every day somewhere. You know, today there'll be hundreds of thousands of people filled the Holy Ghost all around this world. Just like the Bible said. But I, I, don't, want, I don't want to ever be ashamed of this testimony that God gave me. It's, it's going to get me through. It's, uh, we should never be ashamed of the message of the cross. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. And so, you know, let's make sure that we don't get saved and then save it. We talked about the, 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 the servant bearing his talent the other day. We talked, I, don't, I don't want to get what God, I want to receive what God's given me and then bury it in this earthen vessel. Like it's a treasure in this earthen vessel. Remember the thing about a treasure? As long as it's buried... Its value is only on paper. It don't, it, it, it's not going to help you out at all. As long as you keep the lid on it, as long as it stays locked up inside, nothing. nothing. You, you see, if you was in a place where water was precious and you were thirsting to death, and you're like, yeah, I've got to hang on to this, you might die with it in your hands. I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to take the lid off. But if you don't, you'll never get what's inside. Oh, I don't want to waste it. I don't want to spill it. I don't want, I don't, you know, there's all kind of excuses for not taking the lid off of it. And then you die with the excuse because what could have saved you was right there. But, but oh, I don't want to take the lid off of it. Take the lid off of it. Jesus said it'd be like a well. Well, you know, what the enemy used to do back in the Old Testament, you read about it, they would stop up the wells. So, uh, uh, people would have to come in and say dig again the wells so they could get water flowing again. And, and so I don't want to cap off the well, you know, uh, of living water. I don't want to stop this river of living water. The Bible says quench not the spirit. I don't want to quench it from moving in my life. So I don't want to be ashamed. I'm not ashamed. You know, uh, used to be people say, well, you know, we've tried to market our name. Well, holiness, I don't know about holiness. You can't say holiness. That kind of makes people think you're, you know, you're self-righteous and you're holier than thou. And, but it's holiness. The Bible says without holiness, we won't see the Lord. Right. He said, be holy because I'm holy. Right. God is holy, so why would I be ashamed of holiness? You know, but well, when you say holiness, I think about a snake handling people. You know, I don't want to, oh, no, I ain't got nothing to do with handling no snakes, anything like that. It's holiness. It's, it's, it's the Lord. 
you know, well, uh, well, Pentecostal, you know, that's, that's a little more. But you start ap- apostolic. What's apostolic? It, it, but just, it is what it is. We're apostolic. We're Pentecostal. We, we believe in speaking in other tongues. We believe in God filling us, with, filling us with the Holy Ghost. Not just feeling his spirit, but being filled with his spirit. And we believe uh, in the new birth according to Scripture. Don't be ashamed of that. Because you know how it said that God was adding to the church daily such as be, would be saved? Do you know what message they were preaching? Jesus Christ and him crucified. And you know what he did? He said, I'm going to send a miracle, a sign, and a wonder that'll back it up and people will be filled with the Holy Ghost. Paul said to the group in Ephesus, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? We hadn't even heard if it'd be a Holy Ghost. Well, how were you baptized? See where his message went? went? Right there. New birth. We don't even say, well, John said that you should believe on the one that was coming after him, talking about Jesus. When they heard that, they were all baptized. After they had already been baptized the same exact way Jesus had been baptized, because Jesus was baptized by John too. But John's disciples who had been baptized by this prophet who was not another one coming that was greater than him. And so they say, hey, you know what, I think we'll be rebaptized. So they were all baptized in the name of the Lord. And then guess what? Paul laid his hands on them. They began to speak with other tongues. God filled them with the Holy Ghost. Look what happened by the message that they preached. So don't be ashamed of what changed you. Don't be ashamed of the message you believed. It's the truth. It's God's word. You can back it up in Scripture. And so believe that. Don't be arrogant with it. Don't beat people with it. Don't make them feel like, oh, you ain't got nothing. Why? Why would you do that? John's disciples, he didn't make them feel, he didn't belittle them because John was the forerunner. He was laying the foundation. He was the one that declared, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so he was already preaching that foundational message. Paul just wanted to know, have you built on it? And Paul's testimony uh, helped him to help others build on what had already been given. And so now a church is birthed in Ephesus, and that's where Timothy winds up pastoring. Timothy's the pastor in the church of Ephesus, and, uh, and it's all because of the testimony. So he said, Timothy, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Don't try to hush it or shush it or act like, well, the people ain't going to get this. You know the day we live in. They don't, man, they believe in so many w- weird things today. Right. Why? I, it, it makes me it's hard to believe they don't believe in the Holy Ghost today because they believe in every other kind of ghost and, and thing that goes on. They, boy, it's like, hey, let's, let's play with Ouija boards and stuff like that. And Why don't you just go to church? And get, why don't you go to church and get filled with the Spirit instead of lighting candles and sitting around in a room trying to get filled with the Spirit? <laughs> I'll just come to the house of the Lord and get filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Honey, come on to the music this morning. Yeah, I don't want to be ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Revelation 12 and 11 said that there was a, a people that they had overcame. They were made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And it says, and they loved not their lives unto the death. It said it. No matter what, I'm not going to try to 
save my life and deny the Lord. Because if you do that, you just lose your life. Jesus said, you know, if, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. I, I don't want that to happen. Uh, I'm not going to be ashamed of what he did in my life. And I'm not going to be ashamed of how it happened. It's, it, was more, it was more than just a repeat after me experience. It was. And uh, for those that have done that, some have been very sincere and have lived for years on that faith. Well, I believe God will find them and say, here's, here's a little more truth. Here's a little more truth. And if we would just be the light, it's going to draw people. You know, Jesus said, if we lift him up from the earth, if he, he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. So when we talk about the sacrifice he made, it'll, it, it'll pull people to you. And you can talk to people of other faith in a reasonable way. You can be reasonable. Sometimes they might not be, but, but you can be. And just show, just share scripture. What do you think about this scripture? What do you think about this scripture? I don't get into people's books or papers and things like that that they wrote. That's up to them. I'm talking, what's the Bible say? What's the Bible say? And they can be changed. Don't ever be ashamed of what got you here. You don't have to be haughty about it, lifted up in yourself about it. It was, it was given from God. I'm thankful for what God gave me. Amen. Let's stand together this morning. Lift our hands and thank him for the gift this morning. Thank you, Jesus. God, we praise you. Thank you for calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you love us just like we are. You found us in so many different places. And, Lord, we were nothing without you. Oh, God, help us to be a light in this world, to be kind and tenderhearted, Lord, to be ready to, to be peaceable and instruct people, to lead people in the truth, God. Lord, to never be ashamed of the testimony of what you've given us, God. Oh, let us, Lord, be a good witness today. Never ashamed. Uh-huh. Oh, lift your hands and love him for a man. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful?
Aren't you thankful where the Lord brought you from? Hallelujah. Let's give him a hand clap of praise at the time. Hallelujah. Thankful. Thankful. Hallelujah. I might not be where I want to be, but I sure thank the Lord I'm not where I used to be. Thank God. He's good to us. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. I feel like the Lord is really going to bless in this place today. God bless you today.